Well, it's offering time. <laughs> Amen. I like that. We can do that all the time. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't have an uh, offering envelope, just raise your hand right now. Ushers, if you would, please get those uh, to everybody. Hallelujah. And you should have a sheet that gives you the information on how to give and sow directly into Dr. Richard and Rhonda's ministry, Voice of Revival, Lord. Thank you, Father. If you're watching online, you can go to givebc.org, like give Boomerang Church, givebc.org, and uh, you can give there. Or if you're watching on Facebook, you can just type in the comments, hashtag donate and the amount right after it, and we will get, be given all of that into their ministry. Hallelujah. Now, I've got something to share with you tonight. Woo-hoo! <laughs> I've got something to share. Last night, uh, the Lord started. I had a different, a different offering message uh, for tonight, but last night the Lord said, no, nope, you're not doing that, you're doing this. And when he told it to me, I was like, oh, glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. And uh, so uh, one thing I do want to say, though, is this. Remember last night, we had a word uh, come in today, and it was a good word, and um, it's one that's really fitting for any time. And let me just read it to you because it's direct. So somebody felt like they had a word today, and I agree with them, and this is what it said. Whatever you meant to give, give it, and reap your harvest. Amen. Amen. Whatever you meant to give, give it. What you purposed in your heart to give, sow it. Sow it and reap the harvest that God has for you. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Whatever you purposed in your heart. Now, last night we talked about purposing in our heart. And we said that if we will purpose in our heart, God will give us seed based off of what we purpose based off of what we purpose. Now, there's kind of a couple of ways to look at that. I could just say, all right, Lord, I want to give $100 tonight. You know, I could say that. And uh, then what I purpose in my heart, God will give it to me. Another way to look at it is say, Lord, what do you want me to plant? In other words, if I went up to a field uh, and, and I'm a farmer, I don't just go out there and plant whatever Brian does. I'm going to say, Lord, what you want me to plant? You know what harvest I need when it comes harvest time. You know what harvest I need. What do you want me to plant? And then God give you an amount, and then you say, okay, yes, sir, I purpose in my heart to do that. And then God says, what you purpose, you must do, and that means he's going to give you the seed to carry out the must-doing that he told you to do. Yeah. All right? Is that clear? Now, the only issue is there, he says, I want you to purpose in your heart to be a giver, but also he gives two different things. He says a cheerful giver, and he says an abounding giver, right? A cheerful giver and an abounding giver. And uh, I'm not going to, There's. I could take some time and, and lay that out, and that's what I was going to do, but I just want you to get this. The abounding giver, the abounding giver. The, if you give a lot, then you'll reap a lot, right? If you sow uh, sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. But if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. Now, who's to define bountiful? 
Who defines bountiful? Now, ultimately, you define bountiful, but here's the issue. Many times we've defined what's abounding and bountiful based off of a corrupted world logic. And we're not supposed to define bountiful. In other words, who's the one that gives you seed over and above your budget? Who gives you seed? God does. So who's the one with the bucket of seed? God's the one with the bucket of seed. And when he says an abounding and bountiful giver, it's not coming out of your bank account. It's coming out of his bucket. And how big is his bucket? It's huge. It's bountiful on a way that's hard to even imagine. So see, I can sit here and I can, I can start to have... see. I can start to have a, uh, you know, uh, an idea. I want to move into a harvest. I want to move into a big harvest. Well, then what do I need for a big harvest? I need to have a big planting. I need big seed. All right. Well, then I need to purpose in my heart to have big seed, but I don't, I don't purpose in my heart based off of what we have. Let me give you a quick example of that. Uh, not, I think it was just last year, a little bit before last year, uh, Nicole and I decided that we wanted to give the biggest seed that we had ever given to the church. The biggest one we'd ever given. And I'll, and I'll tell you, you know, basically what it was, uh, just so that you can have an understanding of how big it was. This seed was five figures, okay? So that means 10,000 plus, right? And we wanted to give 10,000. We'd never given 10,000 uh, plus before, right? That had never happened before. But we said, we want to give that. And Lord, we are purposing in our heart, not based off, we didn't have 10,000. We didn't even have probably 1,000 at that moment. You know, it's like, no, we didn't have it. But we purposed in our heart. This thing works. We purposed in our heart. And we said, well, if we need 10,000 seed, then let's plant and reap a harvest of the 10,000 seed. In other words, we planted a small seed so that we would harvest the 10,000 so that seed we could then sow, right? And so we did that and we went through that. Within six months, supernaturally, no way we could have known where it was coming from or how it was coming, all of a sudden we had all the seed in our hand. And, and I'm telling you, she and I put that in the offering and we were like in tears. Not because we were going to miss the, the 10,000. <laughs> we were in tears because of the goodness of God. Do you know what a $10,000 seed will do? Oh, that's, that's get your house paid off type harvest, you know, plus a little bit. So we knew, it, but we're not worried about the harvest. Our heart was, and we're believing for the harvest, but it was, Lord, we just want to give to you. We want to give to you. Lord, we love you. We believe in what you're doing. We want to give to you big. Yeah. This is going to tie right in with the actual message. This is like a pre, this is like an appetizer message to the message, okay? And, and all of a sudden, within six months, supernaturally, it came in. We have it. We wrote the check uh, for that. And we're sitting there just giving. You don't, do you understand that that was more than two-thirds of our year's salary when we first got married yeah. and started serving God. Yeah. Between the two of us, we made less than 15000 a year, and we just gave in one seed one time 
over 10. Just like that. Do you know what God's done? Where he's brought us? What he's up to? That, and that's just the beginning. Every step getting brighter and brighter. Now, why do I tell you that about us? Because he's not a respecter of persons. But he is a respecter of faith. And see, we didn't have 10, but we purposed in our heart to be that giver. God got seed in our hand. God got seed in our hand. All right, now we'll get to the real message. Amen? All right, so now... I want you to go quickly to Genesis chapter 22. And I'll just start reading. Genesis chapter 22. Now it came about after these things that God taste, tested Abraham. Now uh, what you need to know if you're not called up to this point is that God had promised that Abraham would have an heir of his household and he had promised Abraham a son. And that son had been born, and his name was Isaac. And now this was the promise of God. His son was the promise of God. His son was the act of that covenant, and it was Abraham's future. It was the uh, continued uh, family of Abraham that God had promised. And then all of a sudden we get to chapter 22. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. He said, Wait, wait, what, God? Hold up. This is my son. This is your promise. This is my future. And look what Abraham did. So, Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Now which one of us is going to do this? Which one of us is going to do this for real? I mean, come on. I mean, I think, I think mankind can get to this place. I've had something similar to this, but not on this level. And I'm telling you, the similar thing felt like it was killing me. It felt like it was killing me. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't my child. But it was a promise from God that I'd waited for for a long time and God said, kill it, after I'd received it. I, he, I finally received it and he said, kill it. And I'm telling you, it hurt. It hurt my flesh. But God said, kill it. I said, okay. So I believe we can get here, but who, who's at that place? You know, who's at that place? And look at what he did. He didn't argue with God. And there's a reason for this. I'm going to show it to you in a minute. There's a reason for it. He didn't argue with God. He just took his son up there. He said, come on, let's go. So he got up next day, just sitting there, let's go. Now, if you go on into Hebrews 11, where Dr. Richard was at, you'll see that Abraham had faith that even if his son died, here's how much he trusted God. Even if I plunge the knife into him and offer him as a sacrifice, I believe God so much, I believe he will bring him back from the dead right in front of my eyes. 
Now, we know that by that scripture in Hebrews, but also something he says here in a minute. But let's just keep reading. He says in verse 4, On the third day Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, Stay here uh, with the donkey, and I, hear this, I and the lad, the boy, will go over there, and we will worship and return unto you. This is faith talking. This is faith. He knows, he, now, he's not planning on not sacrificing Isaac. But he's saying, I will go. Now you can see, if you go over into Hebrews 11, you can see why he said, I and the lad will return. I and the boy will come back. Because he's believing that God will bring him back to life. Now, how many people has he seen come back to life? As far as the Bible is concerned, none. None. Man, that's a trust in God. That is a trust in God. That's part of the reason why he was the father of faith. Okay? Now he said, verse 6, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife so that the two of them walked together. Now Isaac uh, is in his teenage years, it appears right here. And uh, so he's not like a little kid. I mean, Technically, Abraham's 100, Isaac's 13. I mean, in a fight, I'm just wondering. I mean, Isaac might have won. But now Isaac's questioning. And, and, and he says, so Isaac, he says, two of them walked on together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and he said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Now, a couple of things to notice here. Number one, Isaac, he, he's waking up. He's like, hold up, hold, hold, hold up. Wait a minute now. I see the fire. I see the wood. I see a knife in your hand. Where's the lamb? Where's the lamb? I mean, it might, he might have been a little slow on the uptake, but he's getting there now. He's figuring it out. But I want you to notice this, too. Watch this. Here's this teenage son. Here's, here's what he says. He says, where's the lamb? How does Isaac know there's supposed to be a lamb there? He's seen it before. He's seen this enough times. He knows there's something missing. That means his daddy was a giver. That means his daddy had been sowing before today. That means when his dad went to worship God, he took a sacrifice with him. He took something with him. And, it, and Isaac knew it. Something's missing. This isn't normal because normal, there's a sacrifice. There's a lamb. This was not the, his first time. It wasn't his first rodeo. So then he says, Abraham says, I love this. Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. Now, if you look at that in the King James, it says, God will provide himself, himself. Put that up in the King James, please. Verse 8, God will provide himself. God will provide himself a lamb. For the burnt offering. Now this is prophecy. Because he's talking about the Lamb of God. 
slain from the beginning of the world. Jesus, our anointed Messiah. And he's prophesying, although he might not know it at that time. He's saying God's going to provide a lamb. He's going to provide a lamb. All right, now let's go to verse 9. It says, Then they came to the place which God had told them, and Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, Here I am. He said, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns, and Abraham... uh, went and took the ram and offered him up a burnt offering in the place of his son. Let me just show you something. Abraham had gotten his heart purposed. He had gotten his heart purposed to give a sacrifice. And God said, hey, turn around, there's your seat. Hey, turn around. There's many people in here tonight. You're going to find out when you start purposing yourself, you're going to start hearing from the Lord. Hey, look over here. There's your seat. You know, there's an there's old com- comedy about here's your sign. God's going to be like, here's your seed. Here's your seed. You're going to turn to the left. He's going to be like, here's your seed because you're purposed in your heart. Turn to the right. Here's your seed. Here's your seed. Here's your seed. That's, the kind, that's how we're supposed to operate all the time. Constantly in a flow of seed time and harvest. No matter where we start, we end up, if we're operating correctly, here's your seed. And we'll plant, and then here's your harvest. We plant, and here's your harvest. We plant, and here's your harvest. All right? Then it says, Abraham called, verse 14, Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide, in the Hebrew, Jehovah Jireh. The song came from that. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. Have you made your heart a holy mountain to the Lord? Because if you will, a place where God is worshipped in the mountain of your heart, you will find that that's the place where God will provide. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, indeed, hear this, verse 17, he's prophesying, I will greatly bless you. I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand on which is the seashore and your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. And in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Have we heard from God in our offerings and in our heart and obeyed his voice and purposed our heart? All right, now, you ready? Good. I've set you up. 
Now, if you know anything about this transaction, Abraham was the father of faith. And if you know anything about this, if you know anything about seed time and harvest, I've talked about it quite a bit, is that I can be completely behind enemy lines. I can be in the valley of the shadow of death with all kinds. Of, man, if I'd have thought about it, I'd have had them cut the lights right at that moment. And then had somebody else yell out some scary sounds. I can be right in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death. But God has set in motion a law of seed time and harvest. And even behind enemy lines, in the midst of a cursed place, he said in the middle of this, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will remain. Now God, if you go back to Genesis, God had to get something fixed. There was the fall of man, and then he said, the seed of the woman. You'll bruise his heel, but I will crush, he will crush your head. He will crush your head. And he says, and so what did God need to do to fix the fall of man? He had to get his son into the world in a corrupted world behind enemy lines, born as a baby. And so what did he do to get this magnificent work that Jesus did? He came and he said, hey, you're a man that'll listen to me. I need seed time and harvest to work. I need to give my son... But in order to get them into the world behind enemy lines, he's got to be the harvest. That means I need a seed. And so God writes on Abraham's heart, give me your son. And we know from Hebrews and we know from here, Abraham was about to do it. In the heart of Abraham, his son was sacrificed. There was no holding back. All, Abraham had already decided in his heart, my son is yours, I will sacrifice him. And Abraham, for all of mankind, for all of humanity, through all the earth, all the nations, all the people groups, will, Abraham will be blessed through you because your act of faith to plant a seed now deserves and demands a harvest since you gave your only son to me. Now God in heaven says, I'm up here, I see your faith, I see your seed. And he says, earth, ground, produce a harvest. And a few years later, the Son of God enters into the earth as the harvest of the seed of the giving of Abraham. A great moment. And what was the work that Jesus did? Was it a little work? How big was the work that Jesus did? How big was the work that Jesus did? 
This is the greatest supernatural thing that has ever happened in the history of mankind. The work that Jesus did. Now watch this. The greatest work and miracle through Jesus Christ to save all of mankind came about as a harvest on a seed. Here's the question. What supernatural things on a resurrection power level does God want to do in each one of us if we will open up ourselves to be utilizers of seed time and harvest and purpose our heart? What's being held back because we haven't gotten on top of money? What's being held back because we haven't put money in its place? Because he says, if you won't be faithful in this little thing, how can I entrust to you the true riches of the kingdom? What supernatural, overflowing power, resurrection power of God is being held back because God tells us to give something and we're like, well, I don't know about that. I got to pay a bill to my And made excuses. I can tell you. The church has been held back for years by bad doctrine and a heart not to give and not to sow. But I'm not talking to those people tonight. I'm talking to a people that says, Lord, I'll be on top of money. Money won't rule me. I'll rule it. And it will do what I say. And it'll be for the kingdom. Because God wants to take the people that are listening to this message in this room tonight. And a lot of other people. But you're here. He wants to take you and utilize you. And he does it through his ways, not our ways. And we decide, are we going to humble ourselves to that or not? And what's interesting is, how did God know that Abraham would do that? Because Abraham had a history. I'll just read these to you. Genesis 12, 4. God told him to go to a land. He says he went to that land. Abraham was obedient. Immediately he picked up and started to go. He gets to that land in verse 7. And he says he builds an altar to the Lord there and gives him a sacrifice. He starts to worship God in his stuff. Then he says in, in Genesis 13, 9, he says, you and Lot are too big for the land. He says, he calls Lot up there and says, Lot, which one, which part of the land do you want? See, Abraham was a giver. He was a giver. Abraham was the senior one. He could have said, I'm taking the best. I'm taking the valley that's got all, that's, that's lush and green. But he told Lot, he said, you choose. Abraham was a giver. He knew that his supply and his overwhelming source was not the land, but God. He trusted God more than he trusted what he could see. Abraham was trustworthy with this stuff, and he put people and God first and made God his source. He says, he goes on, and then all of a sudden, Lot gets taken captive in the battle of the five kings. All of a sudden, Abraham hears about it. Abraham's so rich, like we talked about the last couple of nights. He's so rich, he just gathers the people in his house. God gives them supernatural wisdom, and he defeats the five kings and takes all of their stuff. Yeah. And then what does he do with it? 
Does he try to hold on to it all? No, he meets Melchizedek, and immediately he tithes to Melchizedek. You are a priest of God Most High. I know who gave me this stuff, and right now I honor him with the tithe. He's a giver. He can be trusted. It goes on, and it says in Genesis 15, 9 and 1, 9, 9 and 10, it says, Abra- uh, God tells him, prepare a sacrifice. So Abraham prepares a sacrifice. Genesis 18, 8, uh, God uh, and so the power of God shows up in his camp. Immediately, Abraham honors God. Immediately, Abraham honors God and says, go and fix some food right now. Fix the best. Get it prepared. It might not be much, but we are going to honor these men of God. We're going to honor God right now in this. See, Abraham was honorable. He was a giver. And then if you go on, he's sitting there talking to God. And, and he says, shall I share with Abraham what I'm about to do? And then, there, in other words, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah was about to get destroyed. Abraham decides, I'm going to put my own life on the line and push up against God. Stand in the gap. He's a type and shadow of Jesus right here in this moment. And he says, I'm going to stand in the gap and test my luck with God so that I can save as many in Sodom and Gomorrah as I can. He was concerned about people. He was obedient to God. He was ready to give. And he was a giver. His eyes weren't first on himself. His eyes were on the kingdom and his righteousness. What things? So then when it comes to Genesis 22, God says, I found a man. Has he found you? (laughs) Has he found you? You might not have been there yet. You might not even be there tonight. But he's working on you right now because the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth looking for someone whose heart is pure and perfect towards him that he might show himself strong on his behalf and on your behalf. He wants to do great and mighty things. The problem is he can't find enough people with a heart that's a giver, that's for people that looks to him as the source and is ready to offer themselves and anything that they have. But if we will become those people, not just in our tithes and offerings, but in our life, God says, I've found you, and, and you can be used by me, and I want to use you, and I want to do great and mighty things through you. It starts... right here and that's why the devil fights this so hard because he knows if if you can't ever get over this you'll never get over giving yourself and you'll never do great and mighty things it starts right there just stand on your feet oh lord I'm talking to some people that are going to do great and mighty things (laughs) What supernatural things have you unlocked tonight in the hearts of people? As we sow into Dr. Richard and his ministry all around the world, Father, I just ponder, what supernatural things have you unlocked in the lives of everyone that's listening tonight? Lord, right now, as we get ready to sow into your kingdom, Matthew 10, or excuse me, Mark 10 says that if we sow into the kingdom, 
for your kingdom, for your namesake, for the gospel's sake, you will give into our lives now in this time and in the time to come. Lord, we receive it. You're opening up supernatural. Who knew the great power of the kingdom of God could come through an offering message? But that's how you choose to do it. What trips up so many for you is a test. What trips up so many, Father, for you is a test. And we're going to pass the test. And we're going to do great and mighty things. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Just hold up your offering right now. This is a worship. Lord, this is worship. Father, we just worship you tonight. We give you all of the glory and the honor and the praise. Father, you are our source. We would have nothing without you. Our supply is not in our job, it's not in our skill set, it's not in the lush greenness of a certain valley. Our supply is in you. No matter where we go, to a desert or to the luscious valley, our source never changes and therefore our supply never changes. We can sow in famine and in the same year reap a hundredfold. Because we're blessed with faithful Abraham. And Father, we receive it tonight. Tonight as we sow, we give of ourselves. We give you ourselves and our heart. We purposed in our heart. And Lord, we're moving on to great and mighty things in Jesus' name. And as you drop it in the basket tonight, give in that faith. If you've got to do a prayer all the way up here, Lord, I give to you in a humble heart of love and of faith and of hope and expectation. Father, we praise you and we worship you with our offering tonight. Lord, let us be used by you in the greatest ways. It's time for an awakening and a supernatural manifestation of a glorious church that is moved in abundance to do every good work. And Lord, we will be that glorious church filled with abundance, doing every good work, not just talking about it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may bring your offering up. Father, right now, in Jesus' name. Dr. Richard, will you come on, uh, come on up here with me? I usually will pray over it. Will you just go ahead and pray, and then you can move right in to bliss. Yeah! Just pray Father, over the Father, I thank you right now. So cool Father, as those in this house bring their worship to you, Father, I thank you that the moment it's dropped in this yeah. basket that the ground's forced to produce. And Father, I thank you for miracles in couples tonight. Lord, I thank you for the impossible being made possible tonight. Lord, I thank you for houses and lands and businesses given to people. Lord, I thank you for debt cancellation supernaturally in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you, but more than anything, as worship and love is brought to you, Lord, tonight, we just come to love on you with our offering. 
And we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory because without you, we are nothing. Have your way in this house tonight. Let the fire of heaven fall. Let the wind of the Holy Ghost blow. It is right now. <laughs> oh, the fire of the Holy Ghost in this house. I tell you, the power of God's falling right now. All over this house, I tell you, the power of God's falling right now. Never the same, never the same, never the same. People are going to leave this house. Never the same tonight. Some of you are going to look back 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. And you're going to say, this is the night that it all changed. Father, be magnified and glorified in this house in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. I want this couple to come here. Come up here. That's the fire of God all over you. Oh, yeah. That's the fire of the Holy Ghost. Rasetele Roma Tele. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is what happens. Oh, yeah. It's the fire. Lift your hands. The moment you lift your hands. Fire. Fire in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Shut up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Somebody's, what's, what's happening? A lot of things are happening. This is Pentecost. Are you going to be, are you going to be, you can be seated. Hallelujah. Somebody says, are you going to be able to minister with people on the floor and, and crying and laughing? Listen, I feel comfortable when that's going on. I feel at home. I don't, I don't like, I don't like silence. Amen. Don't just sit there and nod. I mean, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Listen, I would rather have the noise of a nursery than the deathly silence of a graveyard any day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because when God's in the house, things happen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, you blessed to be here tonight. Yeah. Hallelujah. You know, I'm going I'm to do a few things. I mean, we got, I'm, I got a number of people here tonight that's some dear friends that's come to visit me and. And, but I want to show you hunger. I got some dear, dear friends from California. They're watching right now. Hey, uh, Lawrence and Crystal are on their way to, they're actually on their way to Santa Monica, driving to California, but they're watching the service. So I'm giving you a big shout out. Just want you to know I love you dearly. You guys are awesome. That's an awesome couple. And, um, you know, that's hunger right there. I mean, here they are driving in beautiful California. California is beautiful, by the way. Driving in California and watching the service amen it's called you know hunger is an action yes. amen no come on hunger is an action so i'm honored that my friends are watching and uh hallelujah <laughs> oh hallelujah and i'm jealous they're going to get cheese strawberry pumpkin peanut butter whatever ice cream <laughs> oh the lord is good hallelujah amen <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, I got my dear pastor friend of mine that's here with me. We were, we were actually in Bible school together. I think, um, when did you graduate? You're that old, aren't you? <laughs> you don't even remember when you graduated. He graduated 88. Well, actually, so we've we, known each other for years. And then I have a roommate of mine. We were roommates together. We were, come here, Tom. This, this, this was one of my roommates in Bible school. Hallelujah. This is, this is Tom Easton. How you doing? Just, will you hand me that mic? Hallelujah. 
I mean, he, he remembers me when I, was, when I was 19 years old, don't you? Hallelujah. He drove this nice little yellow Mustang, and about every week he had his hair specially done by a stylist. <laughs> so as, as spoiled as he looked, but he was down at Mother Tucker's mission every single week. And looked like a spoiled little rich kid down at the mission. And uh, he's an example for a lot of us because he was active uh, down at Mother Tucker's. I think you got licensed from down there, right? From being at Mother Tucker's every no, year? No, I didn't. But I was down there for three years. Yeah. You know what's so amazing is that Tom went with me a few times. I would go to this rescue mission. You know, I was just 19 years old. And I would, I would go to this. Yeah, that's a fire of God. That's, it's just the beginning, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, just the beginning. And, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> shoot, my, I tell you, the Holy Ghost is here tonight. Glory to God. And, um, shoot. You'd be down at Mother Tucker's every single week, and the same trunks were there. Yep. And I go down and go, oh my gosh, are these guys ever going to change? He didn't care. He's going to preach at them anyways, the same guys every week. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. When the Lord told me to go, I was 19 years old, 20 maybe, and the Lord told me to go to this rescue mission. I mean, and, and the only reason they were there is to have a place to lay their head at night. They were, most of them were drunk or in drugs, and, but they had to listen to me preach in order to, in order to eat and, uh, have, and have a place to stay. So I, I, had, I had them throw forks at me and knives at me and threaten them. And, and no, I could, I could never get any Bible school students to go. Never. None of them would ever go. But Tom, Tom came a few times. I think Dennis came a few times. And, and, um, but other than that, I mean, I would come to these guys, you know, they're going to preach the gospel all around the world and shake nations, but I can't even get them to come to a rescue mission. Matter of fact, some of those guys that, that back then, and um, that, you know, were going to do that, shake the nations and, you know, had all these big dreams. And, and listen, your dreams can come true, but you're going to have to pay a price for them. They had all these big dreams, and you know what? None of them today are even in the ministry. And so when I graduated Bible school, I didn't even know what I was going to do. So I just stayed doing what, I, what the Lord told me to do. That was preaching at this rescue mission, and I didn't get any money. I got cussed out a lot. <laughs> I, I did. I got threatened with my life a lot. And many, many times, I'd go down there all by myself. And, uh, but you know what? And I won't, I don't, Maybe I will get into it tonight. I don't know. But the Lord here just a few years ago, I was preaching this big conference. And I had, a, I had an open vision. And I saw myself down in that rescue mission for three years. I'd preach every night. I'd preach every night. Tuesday night was, was my night. And then I'd, start, then I'd start going on Thursday nights. And I'd go by myself. This rescue, I couldn't sing. You know, you know what's so funny? I, um, one time, they, they was Mother Tucker, she owned the rescue mission. And there's probably 50 people there, sometimes less, sometimes more. And... Um, <clears throat> So she wasn't there that night, so I thought, to, you know, I had this brilliant idea in my head. They're drunk, so I'm going to sing and lead worship. And I can't even sing. I don't, I don't know what my key is. I don't even know if God knows my key. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'm, listen, I, I'm, I'm Elvis in the Shire. <laughs> 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 you 
You know what's so funny? Back in them days, I was, I, was, I was only 135 pounds. I was so skinny, I had to dance around in the shower just to get wet. <laughs> we play basketball, and I go for a, you know, a loop up, and I'd be taking him with me. He'd be so light. <laughs> He'd be holding on. Yeah, so, but Tom knows all about me, and, but, you know, he could tell you things. I mean, he, 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 see, he saw the foundation, the beginning of my life and ministry, and and, you know, when I was, I was down there preaching and just for three years and in prayer school and healing school and following Brother Hagin around and working yeah, there. Prayer and, school, but that's at the foundation, that prayer school. Yeah. Excuse me. Prayer school, you yeah. know, what, two, three years prayer school? Yeah, five. Yeah. Five. So, anyway, I'm so glad to have my dear friend here. Love you, buddy. Thank you for coming. This is my buddy. Praise the Lord. Dennis, you come up here. Now, this is another dear friend of mine. He pastors a church and cathedral of his glory oh what i was going to say to you what i was going to finish my story is, is that I, so i thought i'd sing i'd sing one night i thought i'd sing i mean like i'm thinking to myself <laughs> get back here get back here with finish your story. Come, come here i mean if you're going to have a mullet come here get back here jesus look at that mullet man if you going back into the 80s i think yeah, man. <laughs> and um so i thought man i'm, I'm gonna sing one night and man, I started singing. Man, those drunks woke up. <laughs> and next thing I heard, next thing I hear, I hear from the very, I hear from the very back. I hear people start going, "Ho!" <laughs> I'm thinking, man, they're supposed to be drunk and not paying attention. You know, when you're drunk, everything sounds good. You know, I mean, when you're drunk, everybody's beautiful, right? I mean. <laughs> And next thing I heard, I heard, uh, I, I heard this guy stand up. I mean, he, he, he staggered up and he goes, shut up, white boy. Just preach for dear God. <laughs> oh, that, was my, that, was my, that was my first and last singing debut for leading praise and worship. But uh, anyway, so me and Dennis became dear friends and and so he pastors a great church in Greensboro, North Carolina, called the Cathedral of His Glory. I mean, we had, in 1993, we had a five-week revival at the church. I think we started with like three, 400 people, ended with 1,500 people. Hallelujah. And uh, we, was there, we had two, two meetings a day for four shook, weeks. Shook states. Shook, yeah, we had people from six states coming to the revival. And, I mean, and even the offering, even the income, yeah. just like yeah. exploded too, didn't it? And so just, just greet the people. Bless you. Glad to be here. Like I said, my dear friend. You know, you have, you, uh, let me just say this about Richard. I'll let you know who he is. Okay, and then, then, I'll, then, I'll, then I'll shut up. When my, my grandfather years ago told me, he said, son, if you, if you live your life, grow to be old man, which we're not yet. You are, I'm not. No. <laughs> But if you, you know, 80 plus years, and you can count five friends, true friends, through your whole life, he said, you've done really, really, really good, is what he said. Now, you think about that. You think you have, I mean, y'all got friends on Facebook. You know, they're not your friends, y'all. Don't even think that. Don't even think that. I had, um, what, five, six years ago. A very, 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 very difficult time in my life. 
And, and I mean, you, you can't explain it. I mean, it's, it's the kind of hurt and pain that, that you walk into the shower and you cave and you go to the bottom of the shower and you come to realize you wake, you, you come to and it's, you realize it's just cold water on you. You're in that much pain, that much hurt. And I would call Richard on the phone, just my heart hurt, hurt, hurt. I'd be crying and he'd listen to me, love on me. He'd say this, he said, bro, meet me at the airport tomorrow afternoon. I'm flying in for a few days. I don't care where he'd be, in, somewhere else in the country. He'd fly into Greensboro and come and just, and just love on me, just minister to me. Now, y'all, that's a friend. I wouldn't ask him. I wouldn't ask him. He, would, he may postpone a meeting, but he would be there. And he's done that more than once in my life. And so this, is, this tells you the character of this man. It's who he is. He's loved. He's genuine. He's for real. He's for real. And so I know one thing for sure. You know, I have, I have a few friends in my life. Richard Moore is one of them. And I would do anything in the world for him. And you know what? I know he would do anything in the world for me. I know that. I know that. Amen. Love you, buddy. I love you, buddy. too, buddy. <laughs> and my, my kids are here. Yeah. Y'all stand up. Let's stand up. So Miriam. And Miriam, David. my son. I got another over here. Both of these in full-time ministry over here. Y'all stand up. Yeah, they've been here all week. Y'all know them. <laughs> and I've got two more back in Greensboro, too. But I love, I love this man. Love this man with all my heart. Awesome. Isn't the Lord good? Hallelujah. I'll tell you, the Lord is good. You know, one thing, one thing when I'm a friend, I'm a friend for life. Hallelujah. Amen. And you know, when I'm so appreciative of that Pastor Brian, he, him and I have become dear, dear friends. I feel like I've known him forever. And, and you know what? And I love this man dearly. He's an awesome man of God. And, you know, and, I mean, I come to the church and, you know, when there's freedom in the house, that says a lot about your leadership. When there's hunger in the house, this says a lot about your leadership. Come on, when people are givers, that says a whole lot about your leadership. Amen? And I love the Holy Ghost connections. You know, those are the best kind, you know. And, and um, so I love you too very, very much. You're an awesome man of God. An awesome woman. That's an awesome couple here. Hallelujah. Amen. Then I have another dear friend of mine that's here. I mean, I'm so blessed. I got friends in California watching. I got, you know, I got friends from North Carolina. I got friends from Virginia here. And um, come here, Pastor Mike. It's Pastor Mike Gates. He's become a very dear friend of mine, and, and um, you know, what, what I appreciate about Pastor Mike is that the fire of God hit him years ago, and, uh, and you know, some people get hit with the fire of God, they get hit with revival, and they do nothing with it. Right. Why even have it then? Right. Because when God sends a revival, it's not just for you. God sends a revival for the revival to f come to you first, but then to flow through you. Amen? No, listen, in, in order for God to do mighty things for you, he's got to do mighty things in you. And the bigger the work God does in you, the greater the work God does in you, the greater the work God does through you. Amen? I think the number one requirement for, especially cemetery, uh, seminary students. I, I, say, I say cemetery so much, it's, it's, it's just like, it's obviously seminary, but they're dead, most of them. And, um, and Bible school students, the number one requirement for, for graduation should be, are you baptized in the fire of God or not? Because if not, the only thing you're doing is taking religion to people. 
you're going to put people in bondage. Come on. And we can see religion in America because they sent a pandemic, and here it is, what, nine months later, and churches are still closed down. Give me a break. Amen? Now, Pastor Mike, and I like I know Pastor Brian and Dennis, they didn't close the church. And, um, and they're still going, and he's in Virginia, you know, with a wicked governor who wants to abort babies days after their murder babies, days after they're born. That's murder. Amen? This, this, even to have that thought is wicked to murder babies. Amen? And so the fire of God hit Pastor Mike. And he's been, he's been flowing. Whoo, I feel it now. He's been flowing. It's like now. He's been flowing in it and going to the jails. And I mean, he's, I mean now the, 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 the sheriff and, and his, his town, uh, they, they don't even call the other pastors anymore. They just call him because he's got the fire of God in him. And miracles are happening. And matter of fact, he's, he just got... Blessed some uh, a, a a banker who owns like nineteen banks, just blessed, blessed him and built him a church. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. amen. Hallelujah. That's called favor. So yeah. just just share share. Yeah. Just share. <laughs> <laughs> Not work. <clears throat> and well, in. Uh, I like to say that I, I just want to, uh, phew, <laughs> this is an awesome church and you have awesome pastors and I, I felt so, uh, uh, I, I'm sorry I'm having trouble speaking right now. No, it's all good. Uh, you know, you, you're so accommodating and it's just awesome to see and um you know, I, I, I've been listening to your pastor, and he really has a gift to, uh, mm, but, mm, you know, you're gonna, this church is going to be yours. Yeah. It's going to be yours. Amen. It's just like when, when the, the banker he was talking about is a friend of mine. We were in business together for years, and he came to me one day, and he said, uh, are you still meeting down at the ball fields with those guys coming out of prison and jail? I said, yes. He said, well, don't you need a church? I said, yeah, we do, but we're fine right now. And he said, why don't you design a church? So I went home that night and designed a church. <laughs> and I came back the next morning and handed it to him. He looked at me and says, I've been waiting for you to do this. How much does it cost? And I was a builder for years. Yeah. And he said, uh, you know, uh, what can you build it for? And I said, well, a lot less than what it's going to cost. And so we built the church. The land was given to us, built the church. Sheriff called us during COVID-19 and said, don't you dare shut down. Yeah. Come on. Then we just have another man that's, that was a crack addict that now has an incredible multi-million dollar business. He came to me last Sunday and said, look, we're going to build a nursery now. I've got the money. But it's what you all are doing here. And what your pastor <laughs> has been speaking, and which Richard carries, that what's going to change is the fire of heaven. Yeah. It's not about the knowledge of man. Yeah. It's the fire of heaven that's going to change the people. Yeah. 
And you're, you're a breeding ground for the fire of heaven. You carry the fire of heaven. Amen. And, and you know, with the dichotomy of our church is that you have these prisoners. And there's some rough guys. I mean, these boys are tough. But they're getting changed by God. And I'm watching hearts melt. But you're still not going to push them around. And they're taking it to the streets. And we're taking it to the streets yeah. there. Yeah. And it's changing the whole area. The drugs are off the streets. You know, people don't understand what's going on. It's like I tell them, I don't understand what's going on, but it's God. Amen. Don't try to understand it. You're not going to understand it. And what's going to happen here all over this country. The churches where the men and women of God will flow in the power and the glory of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Set this country fire, the ladies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's advanced preacher right there. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah! Oh, glory to God. Just wait till your feet hit the ground in Alabama. Hallelujah. Oh, sister. Glad you're back. See, you had to come back. They had to come back. Well, you know what? You came back and, oh, shatarabakita. You came back to get something, to leave with something, because the last thing people need is more religion. The last thing people need is is more sermons. Listen, they need the fire of God. They need, they need men and women who's had an encounter with God. God brought you here for a reason. Hallelujah. Listen, do you realize no sermon has ever shaken a nation? No sermon has ever, no book has ever shaken a nation. It's the outpouring of the glory of God. Amen? Through people who get hungry for God, who allow God to come and have their way, listen to me, have His way in them. Because when God has His way in you, guess what He'll be able to do? He'll be able to have His way through you. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. I, I, I don't know if I've told this before. I, I, this happened a few years ago. And I want you to turn with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew. Actually, turn with me to Romans first. Well, no, go to Matthew 14. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Matthew 14. And um, but I, this, this just fits here uh, because we're talking about the fire of God. We're talking about, you know, God doing the work on the inside of you. And um, <clears throat> so if you've, if you've followed the ministry for any time, you've heard the story, but it, it's, it fits right here. And uh, a, a few years ago, I get a phone call from a businessman, a wealthy businessman, the time he's making like $150,000 a week. I mean, that's not too bad, is it? Hallelujah. Do you know if God can do it for him? Yeah. And he didn't even graduate high school. Yeah. If God can do it for him, he can do it for you. Amen? Amen? Amen. Nothing just happens. Nothing just happens. Amen. Nothing just happens. Well, how does that happen? When you listen to what was taught earlier about seed time and harvest. Amen? Yeah. I mean, get God involved in your life. Yes. Get God involved in your... God's not involved in your finances if you don't ever sow. Yeah. Yeah. 
You're involved in your finances. If you want God involved, get Him involved. And it's not just praying or fasting about it. Do something. Amen? Well, that's, how, that's what happened to this friend of mine. So he calls me up. I just got back from some country, uh, some nations, because we've been to 55 nations of the world over 100 times. Matter of fact, last night I'm talking to Slovakia and uh, Ukraine on, on, on WhatsApp, you know. And um, so, it, so anyway, um, he calls me. I just got back from some country, and he, he said to me, hey, what are you doing? I said, well, man, I just got back from such and such country, and to be honest with you, I'm going to take, I'm going to take a couple weeks off, and I'm going to do my best to play golf every day. And he said, and he's a big golfer himself, actually was semi-pro, actually, one time. And um, he said, man, he said, I need, to, I, I need to rest like you do. He said, let me fly you to Houston, Texas. And he said, man, me and you will play golf every day, and then we'll go afterwards, and we'll go have a nice big $100 steak. And he said, pray about it and get back with me. And I'm like, pray about it? I said, there's some things you don't have to pray about. I'll be there, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, golf every day, $100 steak. I'd be, do you know there's a difference between a $100 steak and a $10 steak? Yeah. <laughs> there, so is, there is. It's, yeah. it's $90. And, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> I love you, Lord. And um, so anyway, I flew, I flew in, got on a plane, flew up there. Oh, yeah, Dennis is showing me a picture of it now. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so I flew in, flew, flew in on a Thursday, and uh, he, he, we went and played golf. We went, and sure, we went to this nice man. You know, Texas, you know, Texas motto, motto in Texans, you know, Texas thinks, you know, their motto is bigger is better. Amen? Ah, there's nothing wrong with that kind of thinking. Church people need to think that way. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? I mean, if you serve a big God, think big and do big things. Yeah. Amen? <laughs> do you know what we do in life is really, you ready for this? What we do in life is really a painted picture of our understanding of God. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let, that, let that get in you. Hallelujah. That's fresh because that was just downloaded to me by the Holy Ghost. Whew. And um, so, but it got cold, Pastor Brian. It got cold that night. Then it started raining like the rest of the week. Because we was going to, you know, play golf Thursday, Friday, Saturday, eat steak every night. Sunday, go to church Sunday morning, eat steak. And then I was going to fly out on Monday. And then go home and get ready for the next flight out. Whew. I fear the Holy Ghost tonight. And so, so afterwards, uh, we weren't going to be able to play. Now, we're staying in the big five-star, you know, Galleria Hotel, downtown Houston. And, um, you know, I mean, you know, listen, there again, there's a difference between a five-star hotel and a three-star hotel. <laughs> it's, it's, it's two stars. And... Uh, <laughs> no, there's a huge difference. And I, and I'll be, I'll, listen, I, I, I admit I, I like it far better, but amen? And so, man, I'm drunk tonight, hallelujah. Just like you guys are. And, um, whew. Yeah. 
had a friend of mine tell me, you're the only one that I know can tell a story and draw, draw it out for the whole night. <laughs> and um, so anyway, so, so that, that, that next day, he said, man, it's on Friday. He said, you know, we're not going to be able to play golf, obviously. And he said, man, I'm just going to bring some of my leaders in. He had 70 offices around the country. Whoo, glory to God. And uh, uh, there goes one on the floor. There goes one on the floor. Can we get two? <laughs> and um, so he said, I'm just going to bring some of my leaders in. And, you know, and we just hang out, you know, for the weekend. I'm like, that's just, you know, I live in hotels. I don't care that it is a five-star, you know, galleria. I don't want to just stay in a hotel. And so, so the Saturday came, you know, he flew in all of his leaders. It's like, it's like 25 of them from all over the country. See, I'm, I'm used to this. Some people this would bother, but this is this is music to my ears right here. Hallelujah, glory to God. You know what I just found out? You know what I just found out to, tonight, Pastor Brian? I just found out this tonight as I was getting dressed. I, I had a very expensive suit I left in the hotel room in the, at the other city. Yeah, so it'll be there. Yeah, it'll be there. I got. Hallelujah. So, anyway, um, so it was Saturday night. They all flew in, and uh, 25 executives from all over the country. And uh, so my friend says, hey, well, come down, to, come down to my meeting with me. I said, I don't want to go down there, because I knew he was just going to talk for hours just about money, and so he can make more money. I mean, I'm like, you're already making $150,000 a week. I mean, seriously. That's take home. How much more you need? I mean. Oh, hallelujah! Woo! Rabakita, rabasata, rabasata. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think this is the drinking section tonight. I don't know what happened to that section over there. You know, usually, usually it's his wife. You are security. People come in here with a gun to take me out. I don't need you on the floor. <laughs> Fire the Holy Ghost. Fire the Holy Ghost. Let me come over here to the dead section. All right. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. You know I'm joking, guys. 
Don't you don't yield too much, you might pop that baby out. <laughs> so it's all right, I'm a doctor. <laughs> oh my mama. Woo! I tell you, you know the Bible talks about a surge in the Passion Translation, a surge that was around Jesus everywhere he went, that, that the surge went out of him. I tell you, there's a surge here tonight. There's a surge. And just like that woman with the issue of blood hooked into the surge and was made totally healed, tonight you could hook in. I mean, totally healed. Hallelujah. 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 been happening with us since 1990 but you know it's just as real to me tonight as it was 30 years ago when it first started happening yeah that's music to my I did not come here tonight listen to me I didn't come here tonight and say to the Lord Lord not another night of joy not another night of freedom not another night of liberty come on. not another night of peace and those of you that are watching, you want to know what it is? It's called Pentecost. Yeah. And, I'm, and, and, and unfortunately, the church leaders today have gotten away from it. Amen. But we've returned. Yeah. Actually, yeah. we never left, actually. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. See, what's here is what shakes a nation. Yes. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Not, not your book you write. Right. Hello? Hello? Not your book you write. Nothing wrong with writing books. I've been writing them for 20 years. Just, just never produced them yet. <laughs> I guess I better publish one. I mean. <laughs> I need to, I thought the first title is going to be... <laughs> How to write a book for 30 years. <laughs> oh! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, hallelujah! What happened to Caleb? I guess Caleb got translated. Or is he on the floor? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the leadership team right here. When you get the leaders drunk, when you get the leaders filled, oh, watch out, hallelujah.
I'm a drinking. I'm a drinking. I'm drinking of that Holy Ghost wine. Come on. I'm a drinking. Glory to God. I know we got a, we got we got a in the house tonight. We have a a um, excellent, phenomenal, a expert music musician in the house tonight. You should hear this gentleman play a guitar. He makes the thing sing. But as I'm sure, as, you, as I was just singing, you're probably thinking, I don't know what key he's in. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you would have brought your guitar, I'd had you get up and do a special. Next time, hallelujah. And uh, <laughs> so, but I want to show you something. See, this is supposed to be happening in the house, yes. and it yeah. is. Yeah. But it's also supposed to be happening out in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yes. Just, just at, get so filled, get so full, get so tanked up, get so overflowing, that when you walk down the street, your shadow overcomes a blind man and his eyes pop open, gets, begins to hear. Amen? That's the, tr that's the church of the Lord Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Come on. That's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, that's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Not come in and watch some video. Yeah. Hello? Not to come in and have the pastor play, play clips from some movie. And talk about how we can apply it to our life. Amen. Not. So, I, I, I tell you what. That that's not somebody is going to get up and just you know have their three points in their poem, have their few scriptures, read out of the, you know read out of the Reader's Digest. I don't know if they're still making them or not, but you could, that goes to show how long I've been talking about that, isn't it? <laughs> now, the, all of that's fine to do all that if you got the fire of the Holy Ghost and you've had an encounter with God. Yeah. No, I, actually, to, to play clips from a movie is not fine. But to have your three points in your poem, I mean, I guess the Lord will make exceptions for something. Who knows? I mean... Foolishness of preaching. Yeah. I, I mean, God intended. He makes, listen, he makes his ministers flames of fire. Not motivational speakers. He makes his ministers flames of fire filled with the Holy Ghost. Not life coaches. Amen? I mean, Listen, I'll say this though. There's nothing wrong with learning to grow in things, even in natural things. There's nothing wrong with that because we should be growing in every, and we should even be growing in natural things. How? How? Hallelujah. That's the fire of the Holy Ghost. We might have to finish up tomorrow morning on my story. <laughs> but, 
let me tell you what, I, what I'm just telling you about. I, when I prayed a moment ago about, about, about it, yeah, you know what I prayed. <laughs> <laughs> about businesses being given. Let me, get, yeah. let, let me encourage your faith. Because Caleb and Victoria were just given, they were given yeah. a business. Amen? Amen? Yeah. I believe people, listen, I believe people are going to come up and give you businesses. Yeah. Come on. I believe people are going to come up and give you houses, Amen. give you lands, Amen. give you cars, Amen. give you inheritances. Amen. Amen. Amen? Because there's a breakthrough that's happened in yes. the church. Yeah. Not just with any church member, but those that are radical, those that are radical in their giving. Come on. Yeah. Because, oh, rasa. Yeah, church is giving. Yeah. I have a, in December, I'm going to be in Virginia. Uh, what the tenth, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, just for four nights. I'm going to some friend of ours. They they were they were. Yeah. Out of fact, she came us in this. They came to my camp meeting a couple years ago at the cathedral. Pastor yeah. Brian was there. Pastor Mike was there. Everybody else here was there. Well, not everybody else that's here was there. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting drunk now. I, I've been drunk actually for a while. Whew. But they this couple were. They were in my meeting. Yeah. And the whole time during the offering, yeah. she kept doing like this with her ring. I remember. Because that ring, her mother died, and it's the only heirloom, it's the only inheritance she got from her mother. And as she's sitting here playing with the ring, she's playing, as she's, the Lord's speaking to her, to her to sow the ring. Sow the ring in the offering. And she's thinking, Lord, why can't I just give that amount in the offering? The amount of the ring. And she actually, actually she got up about three, four, five times and went to the restroom. <laughs> Finally, she came back and she said, oh, okay, Father, I'm just going to do it. And she came and she took the ring and placed it in the offering. Uh, probably about... I don't know the timeline. It wasn't that long. Maybe six months to a year. You might know longer than I got. About a year. Because I like to be accurate. Somebody came up and gave them a church. The pastor retired. Gave them a church. With a congregation. Gave them a church. Debt free. I think it's like $1.5 million, $1.8 million church. Seats 800 people. Gave it to them. Gave it to them. Come on, gave it to them. God, I believe God's going to give this church. I believe God's going to give this church. Come on. And I believe, oh yeah, and I believe the next church, the land's going to be given. And it's going to be built and bought and paid for cash. Amen. Because it's time that we get away from credit and start operating as the heir of God. The heirs of God shouldn't operate by credit cards. Amen? Come on, church. Hallelujah. Amen? Was given to them. I'm I'm just going to stay with this because there's an anointing in this. I was was in this in Indiana. And I call it Indiucky, but I was in Indiana. (laughs) Actually, some parts of it are pretty. Parts close to Kentucky, and uh, <laughs> and um, I 
yeah, that, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't think that, that's that drunk lady back there. Uh, uh, she, own, they, she owns a funeral home. <laughs> she's, 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 familiar, she's familiar with rigor mortis, hallelujah. in Indiana invited me to come and I, I actually I couldn't come and for a while and I had a meeting postponed and I'm still in Dallas Texas at the at the uh, Galleria okay we'll get in there but this has got to you got to get this and uh, so anyway he invited me to come so I called him and I said look I can't come right this moment places. <laughs> Pastor Nicole, of course, you know, wouldn't come from Pastor Nicole. She, she, she asked Pastor Brian, where are we at? Are we in Florida, Texas, or Indiana? <laughs> Just for you, Pastor Nicole. Or Matthew or Romans. <laughs> Matthew or Romans. Just for you, Pastor Nicole, we're going back to Texas, all right? <laughs> so, um, so my friend says, hey, look, because 25 of his executives come in, whew, this is, I'm, 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 I'm going to be honest with you, okay? I have done, I have done nearly 10,000 revivals. It's a lot of revivals. And I'm doing everything I can right now just, just to stay and make sense. So you're going to have to cut me some slack. Pastor Nicole, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Love you too. my businessman he had 25 of his talk executives come down so he said go down to the meeting I said no I don't want to go I said look I'll stay up in the hotel room and then when you're done call me I'll meet you in the lobby and we'll go have another steak he said okay a few minutes later the Lord spoke to me and the Lord said I want you to go to that meeting well, when the Lord speaks you, you, you go amen? amen one thing you have to understand about God is that he is king. He's God. We're servants. Yeah. He's master. A servant never tells the master what he's doing. The servant always yields and obeys. Yay, yay, nay, nay. Amen? Amen? The Lord said, go. I said, okay. So I called him. I said, hey, I think I'm supposed to come down to your meeting. Now, remember, this is, this is let me set this up properly. This is not a church service. Right. All heathen, all 25 of them. All heathen. There was no praise and worship. So I went down. Of course, I had my cowboy boots. I had ostrich boots on. Of course, you know when you're in Texas, become a Texan, right? So I went down. I had my jeans on, these ostrich cowboy boots on. And I thought, I'm just going to sit in the back. 
And I, I, I said, that actually, I took a chair like this. It's a, remember, it's a gallery, a hotel. I actually sat and leaned back on the back two legs, just leaning back in the, against the wall in the back, my cowboy boots up. And all these top executives there, and I heard every one of them talking. They didn't impress me. They, and they all agreed. They all agreed that after the meeting, they was going to go to a strip club. You know, when people say, what well, you did do? Nothing. They're adults. I didn't go, I'm a preacher, stop talking like that. No, 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 no. I just listened. I thought, that's not life. That's not life. And one guy, he's 25, 26 years old, making $50,000 a week. He, had a, he, had a two, he was bragging because he had a $250,000 wardrobe. I'm like, not impressed. Then he was bragging because he had a $2,500 jacket on. Man, this thing cost me $2,500. I look at it, I'm like, oh, God, I wouldn't give you 10 for it. <laughs> it's ugly. It's ugly. It's ugly. They had these, these some of them wore these shoes, these spiked shoes, like $2,500 shoes. They're ugly. Yeah, those are ugly. I, those are those are the ugliest shoes he wears. And um, so I listened, I listened, and, you know, they got it, but I didn't say anything. And um, so my, my friend, who's the businessman, gets up, and sure enough, as soon as he got up, first thing he started talking about was money. And he went on for a few, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, maybe 20 and then he says, okay, I'm done. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, well, you're done. You mean you flew 25 people from California to New York to New Jersey from all over the country. You flew them in here for 20 minutes? And then he said, I have a dear friend of mine that's here with me tonight. He travels to the nations of the world. I'm going to have him come speak to you. And as soon as he said that, all 25 of the heathen go. <laughs> And they look at me, and I'm, 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 I'm in the back leaning the I'm just, I'm just being as redneck as you could be. <laughs> leaning the chair back, my cowboy boots. I'm like, okay, I brought the chair down. And I'm like, what do you want me to say, Lord? And I heard nothing. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to get up and just pick up where he left off. I'm going to bring money into it. Isn't it amazing? The, the wealth don't get an attitude when you talk. I mean, the, the, the world don't get an attitude when you talk about wealth. Right. Only Christians. That's right. Only Christians. The, 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 listen to me. So here's what I did. I got up, so I brought God into it. You're going to see something here. This, this is, this is when, when you allow God to do his work in you, here's what happens. And so I said, I got up, I said, tonight there's a lot of wealth in this room. And I said, but I want you to know something. Your hands didn't give you the ability to get that wealth. The God that I serve, he's the king of kings, he's the Lord of lords. He has no beginning, he has no end. He's the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. He created this world out of nothing. My Bible says 
the letter he gave me to live by says he gave you that ability to get the wealth. You might think it's your hands that's done it, but God gave you the ability to do it. My father gave you the ability to do it. The God that I served gave you the ability to do it. I'm preaching a little bit here. And here's what I said. I said, money can do a lot 